Welcome to the Sailing to Success podcast, the show created exclusively for entrepreneurs and small business owners looking for a safe port in the storm of fast-paced business growth. Lindsay Phillips is the founder of Smooth Sailing Online Support, a company dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and small business owners increase customer service, run their business more effectively, and increase their profits. Prepare to be inspired and learn some practical tips and strategies you can use in your business today. And now, welcome your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion, Lindsay Phillips. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Sailing to Success podcast. My name is Lindsay Phillips, and I'm your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion. And for those of you that don't know me, I am the CEO of Smooth Sailing Online Support, and I'm really dedicated to helping entrepreneurs grow their business quickly um, and with less stress. And one of the things that um, I love about being an entrepreneur is relationships, you know, relationships with your suppliers, obviously your clients, your staff, um, resellers, business partners. I mean, there's so many people in our work lives um, that we really do need to work on, on fostering those relationships. So I'm really thrilled with having Meredith Bell on today because um, she is an expert in building lasting relationships um, with clients and business partners and, and all those great people. So let me tell you a little bit about Meredith before we dive in, folks. So Meredith Bell has been an entrepreneur since 1982, and she's an expert in helping companies develop the people side of their business. So kind of as, as I just mentioned, Meredith is co-founder and president of Performance Support Systems. So that's a global software company based in Virginia, and their products are used by business consultants, executive coaches, and human resource training professionals to really help managers become more effective leaders. And one of Meredith's strengths is building strong relationships. Um, she and her business partners have been working together, gosh, for 25 years. And many of her clients and resellers have actually done business with them for over 20 years, which is amazing. So she really understands what's required to build loyalty and commitment that lead to repeat business and referrals, which of course is what we want. So thank you, Meredith, so, for coming. I, re I really appreciate you joining me. Oh, Lindsay, I'm delighted to be with you. I'm excited about our topic today, too. Me too, because it's um, and it's funny because um, you know many people in the service industry or service business industry out there, their focus is on sales and clients and building that relationship. But man, there's so many other relationships that are important. Um, so maybe ex help us explain kind of what type of relationships are out there as an entrepreneur and why they're all important and why they all play a good role. Okay. Well, the obvious one is with your potential customer mm -hmm. or existing clients, because you're not going to um, be able to stay in business very long if you don't know how to converse with people, help them see the benefits of what you have to offer and how it could solve a problem that they have. So that's number one. Yeah. But then uh, most entrepreneurs will learn pretty quickly. You can't do all of this alone. No. You're going to bring on some you know, employees, or you're going to have virtual team members, or you're going to contract with people to do certain work. And if it makes sense, because it uh, is a good use of your time, if you can choose wisely initially, mm -hmm. and also do the right things, 
that help sustain that relationship over time. Because whether it's an employee leaving, you know, or a key supplier that you stop doing business with, it's costly in terms of your time. Yeah, that's true. And so the suppliers are another, you know, component. Who do you buy from? And people don't always think about that being so key. And yet it, it really does go both ways in terms of a strong relationship. Um, you know, the, the person making the purchase as well as the supplier yeah. have, have responsibilities too. I agree. And it's, it's funny because some people, when you hear the word suppliers, you just think you buy something, you get it, you pay for it and a story. But to me, it's a partnership. Like it, they can help you grow your business, you know, alongside as your, your team. Exactly. And the other group are people that you might enlist to help you sell your products, such as affiliates. Yeah, that's true. In our case, we've had online affiliates as well as resellers of our um, uh, uh, earlier corporate products. So again, you've got to um, really look at what you can do to help those people feel special Yeah. so that they want to continue selling for you. Because honestly, they have all kinds of choices about mind, you know, their own mind share. What are they going to focus on, pay attention to, and what are they going to help promote? And the more special you make them feel, the more you will be top of mind and the more they will want to go out there and talk about what you offer. That's totally true. Cause it's easy to kind of set something up and forget it, but one shouldn't do that. So what are, I mean, gosh, you've had these business relationships that you've had for over 20 years, which is amazing. Um, what do you feel that your secret is? I think one of them is listening. Yeah. Uh, you know, people hear that listen, you know, be a good listener and they think, yeah, yeah, I got that one. But you know <laughs> what? They don't. Most people are waiting for their turn to talk. Yeah. They're only listening for enough information before they can turn around and make their case, whether it's to argue their point or jump in, you know, with their sales product information. And it's, it's not anything about that. Um, it's, it's listening to me is first of all, being fully present with that person. So what that means in this day and age with all these digital devices is you turn them off Mm -hmm. and you not only turn them off, you put them away so that, you know, if your phone's sitting on the desk, that sends a message to somebody that you could get interrupted at some point. Um, So it's, it's whatever it takes to give them your full attention. Honestly, when I'm on the phone with somebody, I'll often close my eyes just to block out any visual distractions that might be around me. Cause it's too easy to start looking at email or looking at something on your desk. And, um, people can sense this, even if you don't have the video camera, right yeah. now, you know, they're not right in front of you. They can tell when you're distracted and it's disrespectful. And so, and you know, the truth is if we can just remember everyone has a need to feel valued and appreciated and understood. And so listening is the way to get to that. And when, and I'm talking about, I'm not talking about just being silent, you know, and letting the other person talk and talk and talk. It's, it's paying attention to 
concerns they might be expressing, areas of pain or need that they have, and not from the perspective of trying to go in and tell how your product can solve their problem, Mm -hmm. but simply to be available as a human being to them. And and responding in a way that shows them, I've been paying attention. I'm really interested in what you have to say. There are many times that I'll have an initial conversation with somebody that I've met through LinkedIn. That's my primary social media platform. Nice. And we'll set up a call. And whether it's 30 minutes or an hour, I'm focused on asking them questions to learn more about them, what's important to them, what they're focused on, what their priorities are. And as they answer these questions, I might think of a book I've read or an article or a video, something that would definitely help them in what they're working on at that moment. And a lot of times we don't even get around to talking about what I do or, you know, very much about my product and it doesn't bother me. And I, and it wasn't always that way, but yeah, learning over time to it, it, what it does helps the relationship develop naturally and you are more calm and relaxed when you are simply paying attention to them and responding to what they say rather than, again, waiting for your turn and jumping in as soon as you have the moment because that puts tremendous pressure on you and the other person. And if they sense that you're relaxed and calm, it's almost like magic. It helps them relax and open up and be vulnerable. And you're more likely to find out information that could help you help them down the road. So I guess patience is a key thing. Yeah, because really, and I don't know if this is the way you think about it, but it's like drop your own agenda, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's hard to do (laughs) sometimes. Well, it is when, especially because I've been there, you know, as an entrepreneur, having been in this for so many years, you know, there are times when it's kind of dry and you know you need the cash flow, but the more you feel pressured to make that sale, the more ill at ease you are and and the other person is too. That's true. That's so true. And I guess it's part of, um, and I know this is kind of one thing that you teach or you do, is that you're serving other people. And if you make that your focus, so you're being like, I know how you recommend um, giving without expecting anything in return. Yes. Yes. Um, In fact, one of the most profound things I've ever read, and I've read a lot of books, came from a book called The Prosperous Coach Hmm. by Steve Chandler and Rich Litvin. And they are both coaches themselves. And I'm not a paid coach. I have done a lot of informal coaching over the years just with people who use our products or sell our products in helping them with whatever you know problems or challenges they may be facing but this quote that i'm going to share with you if people really internalize it i'm i promise you it'll make a huge difference and it's this question that you ask yourself before you have a conversation how can i serve this person so powerfully that they never forget our conversation 
for the rest of their lives. Wow. Now, to me, why that jumped out at me is because in order to have that kind of an impactful conversation, Mm -hmm. you cannot be focused on telling, telling, telling. (laughs) You have to really be focused on what's going on with that other person. And and the um, impact on them doesn't mean that you're imparting some piece of wisdom that they've never heard before. Mm-hmm. It's that you are, are, again, fully present with them and asking questions that maybe nobody's ever asked them before. And so you're, you could be challenging them to think in a way that is different. And, and you might be encouraging them to get out of their comfort zone and look at a problem or a situation from a whole different perspective than they have in the past. Because when people get shaken up like that, they don't forget it. No. You know? And so that to me guides everything I do, whether it's getting on a podcast like this or before I have a, an initial conversation with a, a new connection, it's really focusing on them. And, and I'll tell you, Lindsay, it is so unusual for people to do that, that you will always stand out and be memorable. That's so true. And I think if, if you treat someone that way, that you're serving them, you're showing that you care about their concerns, offer solutions, whatever it may be, they're going to feel that you're going to serve them to the best of your ability in whatever service or product you have. Yes. And you know what? Let me give you an example of something um, because this doesn't have to be some, you know, something profound. This is just everyday way of being with people. For several years, I went to this um, conference with uh, GKIC, mm-hmm. which is for entrepreneurs and, and marketers. And the president there, Bill Glazer, you know, I knew how hard he worked to put these together. And so whenever I would go, I made a point of sometime during the conference going up to him and telling him very specifically certain things that I really enjoyed about the, the meeting. Um, because I, I've put on meetings myself and I know how easy it is for people to grumble and complain and, oh, yes. and, and express negative things. So... I didn't, I hadn't read the book and I didn't have this in mind, but I think it was part of my underlying philosophy um, of just looking for the good and bringing it out. And I will never forget one of the times that I went up to him and I said, Bill, I really like this and this. And I was telling him all these things. And he looked at me and he said, you know, Meredith, you always make me feel so good. Could you call me every day (laughs) and give me this positive talk? Now I'm not saying that, you know, to pat my back, it's to tell people even highly successful Mm -hmm. business people like Bill Glazer, who, you know, had achieved, I'm sure millionaire status. He was just, but he still had that human need to be affirmed. And do you know, I also had written um, a thank you note to them after, I can't remember if it was that conference or another one, but I had just found the perfect card about, you know, all the different ways that it was great. And then I wrote a note detailing all the things I had appreciated. Do you know, in the next newsletter, he devoted a full page to displaying that thank you note. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 
I was shocked when I opened that newsletter because, of course, I was simply trying to express appreciation. And I had no expectations. And I think that's the key thing to keep in mind is that you're just giving this, you know, whether it's a positive uh, statement, um, gratitude, you're just throwing it out there as a way to make the world a better place. And I just have this faith and confidence that it all comes back, not from that person, but in some other way so that you just contribute to the lives of others. And it's like, it's giving of your time and your thought, which Mm -hmm. is really more valuable than anything. Well, you know, the thing that often we get hung up on, and I've been guilty of this, is thinking, "Uh uh-oh, what do I need to do to make a positive impression here? Mm -hmm. You know, how can I come out looking good? And every time I've done that over my life, I get self-conscious and I'm nervous and I don't come across very (laughs) well at all. Whereas when I try to take the focus, if you think of it as spotlight, you know, shining the spotlight on them, it has such a different outcome. And people appreciate like the authentic and, and genuine you. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Because the truth is, if you were talking about a prospective client, Mm. if you're trying to put on a front to be a particular way, it takes a lot of energy and eventually they're going to see who you are. And it's better to know up front, is this potential client a good match for me Mm -hmm. and what we offer or not? And it's so much better to find out initially, oh, yeah. you know, we're not going to do business together, but they could be a referral partner yeah. or, you know, some other uh, aspect of a relationship or heck, you might just enjoy having them as a friend. Yeah, that's true. And it's it, like you're the Bill Glazer story. It's the, sometimes it's just the little things that make a big impact and you don't realize it. That's right. And, you know, the end of that story, there were some other things that happened. I was featured on a, an audio um, interview that he was a co-host of, and he loved what I talked about. And I sent him, um, a, a, at that time, a fax suggesting <laughs> that maybe um, my topic, since he seemed to really like it, could be something that would be a benefit at one of their conferences. And he ended up scheduling me to be a keynote speaker in front of 900 entrepreneurs. Awesome. And so it was one of those things, though, where it was looking at, you know, how can I contribute? Yeah. Not what can he do for me? Exactly. That is so true. That's a really good tip. And sometimes we, we kind of, we know it, do you know what I mean? In the back of our minds, but sometimes we need it to be like right in front of our face and say, okay, take a step back, breathe. (laughs) Well, and you know, and be cognizant of, you know, your thought patterns and your actions and slow down a little bit. Yes, absolutely. And the flip side too, is once you have given, you've really earned the right to ask. Yeah. You don't have to be hesitant to speak up for what you need. I've had some folks at the end of a conversation where they have felt like I've given them a lot say, well, gosh, what can I do for you? You know, what do you need? (laughs) And so it, it, for people who themselves have that giver mindset, they're going to feel compelled 
because it's that law of reciprocity. They want to do something in return because yeah. they've been given a gift. And so it's just trusting, even if I don't even know at that moment what they could you know, do for me, then I feel comfortable going back if I do think of something and say, well, you know, if you could write a recommendation for me here, or if you might introduce me to that person, they're happy to do it. Yeah, that's true. Some good tips there, Meredith. What other, are there any other ways that we can communicate better to, to make strong relationships? Well, I think um, another piece would be asking for feedback. You know, a lot of times we're hesitant about getting criticism, mm -hmm. but if we're proactive in seeking it out because we have the, the mindset of I'm a learner, I, I have opportunities to grow, I know I'm not perfect, then when we ask for input, it's amazing what we can learn um, that can be helpful to us both personally and for our business. So uh, just the willingness to, you know, ask somebody, you know, how could I do, how could I be better? What yeah. would make this experience better for you? And in terms of a business, sending out a simple survey to your clients, asking three easy questions for them to answer that are open-ended. You know, what do you like best about doing business with us? What do you not like about doing business with us? And what one thing could we do differently that would improve your experience? So you could ask those even in person, but it would be, you know, more time efficient if you send out a, a quick little survey. But we all have blind spots, both about our strengths as well as areas we need to improve. Yeah. So when we get this kind of information from people, it's a real gift. And you can, you know, express appreciation for them giving you that input and then make some decisions that could help you improve or even do more of what yeah. you've been doing. So I think the whole aspect of, of asking for feedback as well as, as knowing how to give feedback when you need to, mm -hmm. so you're not holding it in and then being this yeah. passive aggressive <laughs> person attacking or, you know, just being critical um, and thinking about, all right, how, how, could it be presented to me where I wouldn't tend to get defensive? Yeah. And the answer to that is sticking to the observable behavior and not getting into judgments about the person. So you don't say, oh, you're so inconsiderate or you're lazy or thoughtless or careless. You're not labeling them. Right. You're simply describing, you know, you did this and here was the impact and here's what I would like you to do in the future. So it's a very simple, but not easy when we're not used to doing that of stating those three simple things. Here's what you did. Here were the consequences. And typically you're giving feedback about something that didn't go well, but you could also do it for something that did go well because people don't get praised often enough. True. And then if it is something that didn't go well, being sure to be specific about what it is you'd want in the future and also getting that person to commit to agreeing to do that. Because just because you've told somebody what you want doesn't mean it's going to change. Oh, seriously. In the future, <laughs> you know that any parent with kids knows that. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I think that's being more like solution oriented too yes. versus I don't like what you've done. 
you know, it's, it's how can we change it or even getting them to, to help? Like, what can we do to make this not happen in the future? You know, again, you're focusing on the solution versus the issue. Yes. In fact, I've got a set of five questions that I can share with your listeners. Oh, perfect. That will be excellent for processing any situation or experience that they've gone through. This you could use with your kids. You can use it with anyone where the outcome didn't go what you hoped for. And actually, it's excellent to use for yourself and I regularly when I have something that has happened that I need to learn from because yeah. we all have experiences that don't go the way we hoped they oh, would. Totally. So the first question is simply to look at what happened. So looking at the facts, mm-hmm. you know, what was the sequence of events? Um, and then the second thing is how did I feel about that? So you're getting the left brain logical sequence and the right brain with the feelings, the emotions attached to that situation. So you kind of lay it out there. And then you get into number two or three, which is why did it happen that way? Right. So what was your motivation? You know, what was the, the cause behind it? you know, things that were in your control or outside your control, Mm -hmm. but just being clear about that. And then um, what were the consequences? So the outcome, the result, and was it what you wanted or not? And then the fifth one is, so what have you learned from processing this that will determine what you do in the future? Right. So how will you do things differently? And, and, you know, you can do this with positive experiences too. If something came out really well, it's good to capture what yeah. was process. I thought well, do it again. <laughs> I do that again. But w- there's multiple um, benefits of going through these questions for one thing. And writing them down is very powerful. It's much more effective than mm-hmm. just thinking it because there is a power to writing that really gets it, Um, embedded in the brain as learning. So one of the things it allows you to do is let go. So you don't keep beating yourself up or replaying that movie because it can take a toll on your self-esteem and your confidence. If you beat yourself up and keep going, Oh, I wish I had done this. I should have done that. And you know, all those negative things we say to ourselves when our inner critic runs wild. And instead, we write it out, and now we've got a plan for what we'll do next time. So we don't have to keep dwelling on it because we figured it out. And that is huge. And that, to me, also as a parent, is a very powerful tool. And, of course, you can, once you get familiar with these questions, you just simply have them occur in a natural way. You don't rigidly have to go through them one after another, but you go by what the person is saying and build on that to help them. You're, You're really serving as a guide not a lecturer or, you know, the, the know-it-all guru that's setting yourself up as the one with the answers. Because um, when you're doing this with other people, this is truly a, a leadership skill to be able to help people learn for themselves from their mistakes. That's true. And, and by having a process, you're, you're not stuck in in the problem you know what i mean you're able to move right right 
And, you know, it can be used for all kinds of things. This, I used it myself at, at one of these conferences where we were given an opportunity to introduce ourselves. We each had about a minute. <clears throat> and I had thought about what I was going to say when my turn came, but I didn't do a very good job. And, I, you know, it was, I was focused on myself. And um, it just nobody came up afterwards and said, oh, tell me more about what you do. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, went, I remember going back to my hotel room just fuming, you know, why did I do this and why didn't I do that? And I thought, okay, I'm going to answer these questions. So I sat down and wrote them, the answers down, and then I could let it go. Because I knew that if I didn't do that, I would probably spend too much of the time during the conference replaying that scene and rewriting what I wanted to say when it, it, I couldn't bring that event back. No, exactly. And that's the thing we have to realize. We can't bring back the past. No. So learning from a situation so we can modify what we do in the future is the key. And, and honestly, like to me, that is a more efficient use of your time and you're able to be more productive. Absolutely. And you're going to be able to give a better version of yourself to other people around you and you'll be able to focus better on what you need to focus that day. Yes. Festering over, you know, because yeah, Absolutely. we do that. Things just roll around your brain over and over again and you think about it and man. Oh, and I just thought of another skill that I think is so important and that is the willingness to apologize Oh, that's a good one. If you make a mistake, you honestly gain people's respect. Yeah. The quicker that you will apologize and make an effort to correct the situation. We're so, again, afraid of what other people think or mm -hmm. their criticism or that they'll, they'll maybe not want to do business with us. But those times when we make a mistake with clients, the best thing to do is get on the phone or meet with them as quickly as you can and just apologize. Take responsibility. Yeah for what you did without blaming or making excuses just own it you know you own the situation and here's what we're going to do to correct it or fix it for you so that um you know you you just clear the air more quickly and again they're not carrying around negative feelings about the company well it's being proactive yes and showing that you care again right like you're if you sat there and waited, oh, let's hope they don't pay attention or are they mad? Aren't they mad? And it's like, just hit it head on. <laughs> yeah. I had somebody one time, one of our resellers of our software had one of her clients um, call me one time with some questions about using the software. And I thought I was being, you know, pretty straightforward and matter of fact, although I had something coming up. So I was a little preoccupied and I was probably hurrying her along. Well, <laughs> that reseller called me back later and said, Meredith, she called me and she was very upset with you. I thought, oh my goodness. I know. What have I and, done? Yeah. And so she was telling me how I had come across to her. Oh. And I had no clue. You see, this is where we have we all have blind spots. Yeah. So I called the woman back and I apologized and I, you know, said, I am so sorry. I had no intention of coming across that way. So 
I was able to set the course correct, yeah. but I was grateful to this reseller who was willing to call me and share. Yeah, exactly. What the perception was because we can't always know no. how someone else perceives. Yeah. What we Right, what we're doing. And that's where, you know, learning over these decades, how important it is to be fully present at that moment. And if you don't have time for the person, rather than rushing them, simply be honest and say, you know, I want to give you my full attention right now. I'm on a deadline and I'm afraid I'm going to be a bit distracted. Let's set a time when I can really give you my full attention. And I think that's a good approach, whether it's an employee coming into your office, because, you know, they read the nonverbals. If you're sighing or you roll your eyes or anything. Or you're looking at the clock every five minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's all these signals we give without realizing it that send the message to the person, you are not as important as what I'm doing right now. And I just think we can set ourselves up to be exceptional business owners and exceptional leaders. The more we can learn how to give our full attention and caring. And if I may say so love in, there are so many little ways we can show love to others. There's a fabulous book called love 2.0 where she really redefines that whole word. Hmm. Um, and of these little micro moments that we have every day to brighten someone else's life. And that's a form of love that, you know, just helps make the world a better place because it's like that pay it forward. If you say or do something that causes someone else to feel good about themselves, they're more likely to go home you know, or meet with the next person they talk to or they meet with, they're more likely to have that loving kindness as well. It's, it, you know, you could say it's a soft approach. I see it as being, you know, just the ultimate of of what we can are capable of as human beings. And it's practical because it helps you be happier each moment because there is nothing like giving to someone else and seeing the joy, the insight, the ahas they experience when you've taken time to help them think in a way that's different than they have in the past. Yeah, that's true. And as business owners, we kind of get sucked in sometimes, you know, how many leads, how many conversions, how many sales, it's what the bottom line is, but really for your end goal, like you, you need to take a step back and kind of think about all that stuff and how you're communicating and how you're coming across and how you're serving. It, you know, it's just amazing how many doors can open for Mm. you when you take that approach to give, how can I give and, and not keep score. Um, Mm. There's a great book called give and take by Adam Grant where he actually describes three kinds of people, givers, takers, and matchers. And of course, we're all you know t- attuned to people that want to take, take, take from us. But a matcher is somebody that will give to you, but then they're looking for something in return. 
and you sense that you kind of feel that obligation. Yeah. When you really are giving without that expectation, without strings attached, people can sense that too. And it, again, just helps them feel more comfortable and more interested in finding a way that they can be of help to you sometime. Yeah, that's so true. Good lessons, Meredith. Oh, thank like, you. It's stuff that we kind of know, but it's like sometimes you need like someone to point these things out and say, you know, you need to do this and here's how you need to communicate. And Well, and you know, a lot of it is really doing. Yes. A lot of it is just the mindset yeah. that you carry with you. Um, you know, to be relaxed, to be calm, to be optimistic about whatever may come out of this conversation, as long as you're focused on serving that other person, there are good things that are come out will come out of it. And it isn't necessarily a sale that day yeah. or anything like that. But I can't tell you how many conversations I've had where I focus on the other person finding out about them. And then when they come back and say, well, tell me a little bit about you. They are really eager. They're asking me, could I get a demo and learn more about your product? And, you know, I haven't talked about it at all in the conversation, but what I have done is built that trust and rapport that we hear so much about, you know, that no like and trust factor is kind of you know, those words are thrown out there, but what it takes to really establish that trust is, is investing time in listening and being there for that person. That's awesome. And yeah, you're absolutely right. So I'm going to give you a chance to tell us all wonderful people that are listening out there, um, a little bit more about how you can help them, like what, what does performance support systems um, do that can help them, Meredith? We have um, assessment and development tools. What that means is we're a software company. We've got um, survey software that makes it easy to ask questions of customers or employees like employee engagement. But we also have an online coaching and development tool called Strong for Performance, which is all about helping you develop the skills and habits that are going to make you more effective over time. Because we've all been through training classes where we thought, oh man, this is good stuff. And then we leave and go back and we don't change. Or we go to a conference and say, man, I'm going to do this. There's not the follow-up. There's not the coaching and reinforcement. So we've built a system that has those components as a part of it. And it's very powerful. It's used by people who are coaches and consultants with their clients, but also internal human resource and learning and development professionals. And it's really geared to helping leaders and business owners be more effective in the whole area of communication skills and just developing the inner strengths like composure in the face of, you know, tough situations or self-discipline or courage to do those hard things that we face. So if anybody is interested in learning more about that, the website is strongforperformance.com and that's F-O-R, strongforperformance.com. And if they'd like to connect with me, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. So that's the best place. Look up my profile, send me a request and I'd love to connect with you. 
Perfect. And I'll, uh, I'll have the links on the show notes as well. Great. Thank you. But yeah, and sometimes, you know, we, we're not all born with these skills and these habits. And, you know, sometimes it's a learned thing. And, and like you said, it needs to be reinforced. And the more you do it, the more it becomes a habit. And then it feels natural. And then you just do it. But at first, you know, again, we're not all necessarily born with these talents. Well, it goes a step further than that, Lindsay. You're bringing up such an important point. Not only are we not born with these skills, we've developed habits over the years that are hardwired in our brains that aren't necessarily the best way of doing these skills. Yeah. So we have to relearn them, and that means rewiring yeah. the brain replace the comfortable way of doing I know, it right? with the new way. And that's why the practice and the reinforcement uh, and the coaching over time is so critical. Perfect. Well, gosh, you've given us such great tips and such great food for thought um, to take back to our business and something that everyone can use, you know, whether you're a business owner or a staff of a bigger team or, you know, in the corporate environment. I mean, it, it's skills that everyone can take in their life and business. So I thank you for that. Oh, I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to talk. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Perfect. So everyone out there, this, of course, this episode will be on my lindsayphillips.com site and along with my videos and blogs and some other great resources. And of course, I'll have the links, uh, strongforperformance.com and Meredith's uh, connection links. Um, on the show notes there for you all to check out. And for any of you that need some more help in growing your business, um, check out ssonlinesupport.com. So until next time, folks, I wish you all a productive and profitable week and may the winds always be at your back. You've been listening to the Sailing to Success podcast, the show created exclusively for entrepreneurs and small business owners looking for a safe port in the storm of fast-paced business growth. To make sure you don't miss a single profit-boosting show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and www.sailingtosuccesspodcast.com. To learn more about how Lindsay and her team can help you increase customer service, run your business more effectively, and increase your profits, go to www.ssonlinesupport.com. That's www.ssonlinesupport.com. Now go and implement what you've learned and come back next week for more Sailing to Success podcasts.